We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, everybody? I got them wrong. I haven't done this in so long. I couldn't remember what order to tell them to join in. Whatever. We're just we're just rolling with it. It's aggro, and normally we have Barracuda, but this week we don't, because Bear is out six, so I had to call in the cavalry, and I got their names wrong, so on the overlay. This is just... I'm just well, absolutely You dumb. got the names right. Right. Which is not... In the right... Like, yeah... You know, place I'm, I'm happy with my swap personally i'm okay with my swap <laughs> you know what I do, this is the, this is not bad for either of us really there you yeah, go okay everyone's happy uh yeah. and that's it all is a different downgrade do. for <laughs> for the dragons but you know <laughs> no listen you're gonna be owning mike uh mike entered plenty of games this year so it, you're gonna be feeling much better uh in and, that I'll, and i'll do it again <laughs> and he'll do it again it's a promise uh all right we got mike and we got gormizer here to fill in for barra uh because you know he leaves such a big hole that we need two people to really fill his roles unless it's uh hazer in which case just one usually suffices because hazer's the goat um i've missed doing the podcast it's been a couple of weeks i was sick uh and then you know we had the super bowl so we push it back a couple of days so we're a little bit off schedule but i appreciate everyone who's tuning in and all that kind of stuff um We've got a lot to talk about, though, because we haven't done any shows since Season 8 went live. So I want to talk about Season 8 and what we think is going to happen, but that's not best for this episode because it is a big weekend coming up in Competitive Smite. Um, SPL rosters have been announced, which we haven't talked about at all, and the SPL play-ins are happening this weekend, which means that the bottom two teams from the SPL do not uh, automatically get their spots. They have to earn it. A bunch of players from all over the world have flown out. They are here in Georgia right now because they start their tournament tomorrow, uh, which is going to be unbelievably exciting. I'm super excited to get a chance to cast again. Quick programming note on that. I will not be, I, I've got stuff going on during the week, so I will not be casting until this weekend, but I will see you guys Saturday and Sunday for those casts. Um, and fellas, before we get into play-ins, I think we should start by going over some SPL rosters. Uh, because like I said, those got announced. And I've got a hot take right off the rip. And and Mike, you're going to catch a little bit of a stray here, my friend. <laughs> okay. Gore, this is for this is for us to talk about. Because, okay. you know, we're not dumb players. Okay? okay? Okay. I don't know about you, but I'm a little whelmed by the changes that happened uh, to these rosters during this offseason. And my hot take is that I think these teams... Weren't, I'm not going to go with scared or anything like that, but I, I do think 
that if there were if there wasn't this relegation process, if you didn't have to earn it to get here, I think we would have potentially seen more change. And that these teams stayed more similar to their last year's configuration because it gave them a greater chance of auto-qualifying to the SPL. And I think that's a little lame. I think that some teams should have taken some more risks with what they wanted to do with their rosters. Because so many of these teams that stuck together had good stretches, but were they ever close to the Leviathan's peak or the Titan's peak of last year? Not really. So I don't know what they expect to change. I don't know how you feel about it, Gore. Well, it's this weird, like, middle ground. Because, like, normally... What we're like not we're used to seeing at least the top two typically stick together, right? Yep. And then teams that make it to semis at Worlds probably stick together as well, or maybe they make like some adjustments. But like I think most of the roster changes, if, especially if you roll back to last year, we had. I mean, first off, things blew up. Last year was maybe a, a really bad example because that was <laughs> too much. But the year before that, like it feels like the two teams like having two slots for the plans. That's typically where that explosion would be like, if you look at it, like, well, hurry ducky are technically in a roster apocalypse. The, the warriors stayed together, but that doesn't necessarily count to me. Like, I right. think there'd be more turmoil if it was just, Hey, here's eight teams shotgun blast throw the players out there. But I do like, I think there is a little bit of like, Hey, you know what? We know we'll get in a little easier <laughs> if we stick with this. I also like, cause I'm just looking at it and like, I'm trying to think of the teams that don't like, being with each other right now like i mean like the scarabs just love each other right so even if they didn't have like the most successful year i didn't see them imploding and they're probably the one of the only teams that i would have thought that would happen to maybe the kings as well but and yeah it was a little uh lackluster i guess in terms of drama yeah last year definitely set us <laughs> up for uh oh less exciting roster apocalypse this year i don't know mike any uh any gut reaction to to my initial take uh, yeah, I don't think it has anything to do with the uh, play-in process at all. I think that's the only thing I really disagree with. I think people literally don't care about it, kind of. Like, it's nice, I guess, to not have to play it, but I don't think anyone is worried about... Like, the teams that stay together, I don't think literally a single one of them are even close to worried about qualifying for their spot should they have to play in. Mm-hmm. And I think it's more what Gore said. I, I think people just genuinely, like... I think there's a couple takes I have, which is uh, the first piggybacking off Gore is that they feel like they enjoy who they're playing with. Mm -hmm. And I think as time goes on and the talent pool stays relatively the same, you're going to have more people who have conditional, like, I don't really want to play with that player again sort of stuff. Or like, oh, I didn't really get along with that person. That inherently makes taking chances or changes really harder, right? Because like, you know, say I really like playing with Max. And I wanted to play with, you know, this other player I played with three years ago and Max doesn't, I'd prioritize Max over that. Does that make sense? So like yeah. that like that back and forth gets really hard. Um I think the other thing is I think people just I think people just think it's their like best chance at winning, kind of. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I personally disagree with that. Like my like hot take off of it will be that uh, I think it's like a ticking time bomb. Like, it's waiting to fail. Like, six to seven... Really, like, what happened is three teams made one change, right? Mm-hmm. Benji retired, and yeah. then Sot went there, Scary went there, we replaced Hurry. That's what right. the end result was. There were three changes in the seven teams, so the seven top teams. Right. That's not sustainable. Like, only one team can ever win at a given time and be realistically happy at all. 
So unless we go four tournaments and every single one of those teams makes a final, which is very, very unlikely, this will blow up at some point. Yeah. Like whether it's the middle of next year, whether it's next off season, whenever it is, it'll completely blow up and it'll be huge because it'll just be a huge domino effect. Like everybody can't stay happy if they're not winning. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I mean, I just wonder, are teams going to be willing to make those big blow-ups in the middle of the season? Um, because yes, like, yes, we didn't 100%. get like a huge blow up in the middle of the season, but we still had like no. a blow up in the middle of the season last year. So I that was pretty for middle year. That was pretty big. It, it historically does not go that way. Like yes, historically it does not. Also, you guys don't hear all the crap that we hear. Uh, <laughs> That's right. But, but uh, I will just go ahead and say that there is one team that has been very successful the past two years that had multiple players on that team after every single split or before the playoffs of those splits considering retirement or just quitting outright and that was not a bad team and multiple <laughs> players on it feel that way so uh you are one little domino drop in there from that actually imploding so i think it's more likely than you you would think i i agree i hope we see it happen not because i'm wishing ill on teams or whatever but it's just more exciting for the league my, my that would be It'll be next offseason, not the middle of the year. You'll next see changes mid-year, but it won't be the big blow-up. And I think that a big way that it could kind of grow is if these players that are here for these play-ins right now really start to pop off. If a couple players that you don't expect uh, maybe start to really show that they, in a competitive setting, on land, whatever it is. Like, think of, think of Dude Man Bro from last year, right? Going into those lands, no one was saying that Dude Man Bro is like that sick of a player. No offense to him. You know, he's been playing ranked forever. He's been he's been fine. No one thought he was the worst player of all time. But no one expected him to come in and play to that level that he did on land. And certainly that changes how everyone perceives that player, right? And if it's a player that is starting from a higher position of of public perception than dude man bro you know if someone who is occasionally pretty good in rank queues all of a sudden starts to pop off uh, i'll i have a good example of someone who i know mike is high on and that's like gamma like if gamma shows up at lan this week and just absolutely support gaps everyone all of a sudden if your support's not doing so well during the regular season you knew gamma was a good player but if he takes his game to the next level this weekend a change could look more, uh, you know, look more appealing to you. So even for the, the the players and the teams that don't make it into the SPL outright by qualifying, I think that these players have a lot to gain from just playing well this weekend individually, which is uh, which is exciting in my mind. Um, yeah, Mike or Gore, any any thoughts on that? I was actually surprised because I, I remember like when we were. There was a point we were talking about these teams, and admittedly, like, three or four of the rosters changed after we, we like, did yep. our homework for them to figure things out. Right. But, like, it was kind of like, all right, so the Warriors, or, like, former Warriors, probably going to be Warriors again because they just seem like they are going to be a little bit further ahead. There's, like, the team that was the Winter Dogs that seemed like they're going to be a little further ahead. And I was like, okay, I don't like that there's two, like, out-of-the-bat teams that I'm like, oh, those are probably favorite. But then, like, I see Ducky's team. I will admit, I lo like, again, I love Ducky. I have to say this every time I use this, but, like, he's not historically been a really big winner. So I really, like, no. I'm interested what that team's going to be able to do. But it's also because, like, I saw, you know, Leon's team, right? It's Leon in my Zen were, like, the two names that I remember off of that. Mm -hmm. But I was talking to, to, like, Mifflin earlier, and he was talking about Schlimmy on that team, who's in the jungle, I think, for them. Yep. 
And then one of my other friends was talking about Dashboard, and he was like, no, like, you need to watch Dashboard. And so I'm like, okay, maybe I just didn't understand, like, some of these players. Like, there are a couple of guys that, you know, like you said, like, are going to be around the scene that have been playing really well, but all it takes is, like, this weekend going really well for them, and all of a sudden you know, four months from now, they might be in the SPL, even if they don't qualify here. Exactly. Yeah, let's go over the teams. Um, I don't think we're going to go bracket by bracket, but I just want to go over every single team and talk about our impressions of them. So we'll start with the Oni homies at the top seed. It's the exact same Oni Warriors roster as last year. Nika, Kuvo, Fred, Dardes, Neil Ma vote. The question is not, will they qualify? It's what are the chances that it goes disastrously wrong and they don't qualify? Mike, what, give me a percentage chance that the Warriors do not qualify this week. Five, maybe. Okay. Gore. A percent chance they don't make it. Correct. Yeah. I would agree with five and that's like even on the high end, right? Like yeah. it feels like with two spots, yeah. They, they have to do something real bad <laughs> to not make yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go with two. I'm going to go with 2% chance yeah. they they don't make it. It just can't happen. Because um, let me it, look at this. I think they only need to win like three Not a whole lot. Mike, go them. ahead. Like they win. I like how uh, you've adopted yeah. my wife's style of wanting to talk, by the way. My wife is is big into hand racing. Had to. Teacher, by um, the way. <laughs> uh, it's a little troll because they like made the decision to stay together like after they lost and didn't qualify for worlds. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna go ahead and say that also if they don't qualify, it's like one of the biggest upsets ever. Like of all one time. of the like like one of the worst upsets ever, like one of the worst things, like one of the worst story arcs ever. It's not gonna happen. They're gonna qualify. But Yeah. Look, streams in chat out. saying all they have throw to do is there. lose the team two and team three, and these are two good rosters, but it shouldn't it, it should not happen. Uh, that's why I said 5% though, because I think they go into it with the most talent and more importantly, the most practice and synergy. Yep. And if you have all of those on your side and even if you lose that first set, if you can't adapt to what you lost to and win the second set, that is just like insane to me. I also think it's important because like the bracket plays in their favor a little bit there. Cause like, like winter dogs could, and in my mind, knock them out. But the only way they face winner dogs is if they both end up in, like, a loser's bracket. Like, mm. I think the way I'm looking at it is, uh, like, the Oni homies versus the first, like, the winner of the first match tomorrow. Then they go on for the winner of the third match tomorrow. And all of those are, like, fifth and lower-seeded teams. And then they just have one more game to win from that point on. And that promotes promotes them into the, uh, what's it called? Into the the SBL. Yeah. I mean, I think I think it should happen, but... I don't know, man. And here's the real question. And and maybe I should say this for the end, but I'm going to do it now because it makes the most sense to me. Let's say you're a team like... Okay. Uh, let's say you're a team like Fun Havers, right? Uzzy Solo, Magic Feet Jungle, Kiki with the hoodie, who's Kiki so cheeky in mid, Ocean <laughs> Support, Joshi ADC. Let's say they've got the best weekend of their life and they somehow eliminate the Oni Homies and make it to the SPL. But let's say, literally just picking a random name on this team, let's say Magic Feet doesn't have a particularly good weekend. That The other four players all pop off really hard, but Magic Feet doesn't do that well. And all of a sudden, Cuvo Fred's sitting there a free agent. Do you scum the person who just got you into the league in order to pick up a player whose pedigree is better? You know, and it, maybe it's not Cuvo because he had a pretty rough last year. Let's say it's Nika. You know, Nika was unbelievable last year. 
If you're an SPL team and you watch Nika not qualify, are you talking about picking up Nika? You know, I think that there is, like, we're talking about how it could absolutely, like, destroy everything. I think that the Warriors not making it to the SPL could blow up potentially a lot of teams. And that would be that would be absolutely wild. I I think the most common scenario out of that is that like I think you'd be I think it'd be pretty wrong not to at least consider changing it. Like I think maybe Dardes is like a better example. Like, sure. Because Dardes really also hasn't gotten a chance to play that much on like low ping in quite mm-hmm. some time, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of like. I guess there's been like more movement out of that role in the past couple years, but I think it would be kind of troll to not at least talk about picking them up. Like just because you could like win or upset a team doesn't mean that the players are better, especially for the long run. Mm-hmm. Um, and especially if you're in an, an inexperienced team, having experience is also really valuable. But I would say that if the Warriors or Onihomies or whatever you want to call them, like if they lose, especially after having a not so great last year, um, I think it's very unlikely that a bunch of SPL teams would change their roster because I think how those players are perceived would go down a lot. So yeah, I mean, it'd be I don't the worst, think that scenario would play out. It would be the worst loss in a long time for yeah. for an SPL caliber. Since Armada, where's Meerkat? I was gonna say it. You beat yeah. me to it. Yeah, since a young <laughs> upstart team named Armada boat boyed their way into beating rival. What an unbelievable! Gordy, you remember that? That was a great set. I remember. That was yeah. That was a long time ago, but. <laughs> Erlong mid double Those chalice. Are wild, yeah. <laughs> oh, nothing, nothing quite like it. All right, let's go over the rest of the teams. Um, let's actually let's reverse order. So the Oni homies are okay. the top seed. Let's go from the bottom now yeah. because I don't want to go. Pers- I don't want to do percentage chance for each team. I just want to talk about some some players that might stand out or some names that you guys are going to be looking out for. Um, reverse card is the bottom seed coming in. To this tournament, it is Slash Solo, Valo Jungle, Vi Mid, Monster X Bomber in support, and O Conviction in ADC. Uh, Mike, I'm I'm gonna go to you first. Any of these names ring a bell to you uh, from playing ranked? Not a ton, honestly. Like Slash is probably the one I recognize the most, but mm-hmm. um, no, not really. I don't know if they have any like SOC experience or anything like that together, but. Yeah, I don't know, Gore. You you had a sync about about these squads. Did did any of them stand out? Because the only one I recognize, I rem, I recognize their duo lane, Monster X yeah. Bomber and O Conviction. Those two names ring a bell. I don't know if the rest are name changes or what, but they they do not really register with me. Now, I re, I I honestly, I'll be honest, I don't know Conviction. Like, I feel like it rings a bell, but I definitely know, like, Monster I want to say Conviction, used to play console? yeah, I want to say both of them play, used to play console. Okay. That's my gut. I could be, I, know I could be totally wrong. There was also, and, like, I'd have to go read it, Monster Bomber was very vocal about it, but, like, this team went through, like, three changes. Oh, I read that land. twit longer, yeah, I read and, that And, like, I don't, longer. I didn't read all of it, but I, all I know is that Monster Bomber, there was a period of time where he wasn't on the team, and now he's back on the team, and who I think it was, like, their mid laner is what got swapped out instead. So, it really is this, like... They're a team that, you know, I like. If you told me that this is going to be a team in the SCC and that they were going to do, you know, top three, I'd probably believe it. But like, when it comes to this, like outside of the the duo lane, I'm not sure what to expect out of them. All right, Vonson coming in with the intel saying full console team except the mid, and basically he's covering us there, saying Vi was globe slash globe hand. Neither of those helped me at all. Well, 
Sorry, I Billy. Globe. Okay, I don't know. I don't know Globe super well, but uh, they're they're all on con- all console natives, which we've seen have been very successful. So, um, you know, excited to see what they're able to do. But certainly, some dark horses uh, coming in because of their uh, because of the name power. Um, all right, next up, Thunderhead. This is Wengu, the Ray Shadow, Its Mark, Dark Wizard, and Chekio. And Chekio is obviously the one that is going to ring a lot of bells for people. Uh, you know, we are all NA. I'm assuming this is an all-EU team because Chekio's there. Um, so it doesn't surprise me that I'm not as familiar with some of these players. But Chekio uh, has been really good at the SEC level for mm-hmm. a long time. Uh, been a little hot and cold. But uh, having someone with that type of competitive experience in your ADC role uh, can certainly help. Coast helping out and saying uh, they are full, a full Spanish team. Um but, you know, same sort of deal. Checkio, the, the main guy to watch here for me. Anyone else for, for either of you guys? I I recognize Dark Wizard's name. I feel like we saw them at some point last year, but I can't remember if it was in an SCC or if it was like... There's a good, like, very, very sincere chance I was opening up, like, an SOC broadcast and just saw the name and mm-hmm. it stuck with me for whatever. But, like, I feel like they've been around, which means, again, it's another team where I'm like, oh, cool, the duo lane I recognize... Uh, and then nobody else that I, I know what to expect out of. Yep. Fair enough. Mike? Echo is the only name that I really recognize. I'm not so, uh, I'm not too in touch with the EU, like, ranked and SEC team. Sure. Uh, where they've seen as much. Well, Genetics says Dark Wizard has a few decent tweets, so they've got that going for them, which, okay. is, which is always good. Honestly, that's... that's Mike, maybe you learn a thing or two? I'm the best. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Samsara is the next team up. It's Snatty Solo... Jangaru, Jungle, Briz Mid, Privative Support, and Shinigami ADC. Shinigami is Pringles, right? Mm-hmm. Same player? Okay. Yep. Yeah. This team is good, I think. Like, this team is not, you know, they're not Oni Homies level. They're not Winter Dogs level just because of their ability to, you know, they haven't shown how, how gelled they are. But I think that this team has a lot of just, like, outright talent on it. Uh, Shinigami is a beast. Um, you know, Privative has a lot of uh, competitive uh, experience. Yeah, Jangaru has impressed me in the jungle and ranked. Snatty has been playing, you know, on on console competitively for a while. So I think this team could really show up and, and give some of those top end teams uh, a lot of trouble for sure. Um, Mike, any impressions of the Sam- Samsara team? Uh, I'd be pretty shocked if they competed with teams in terms of like winning, like versus like the top teams like who we consider the top teams in this i'd be pretty shocked if they beat them right but i think this is a really good example of like i don't think those games will be easy because i think all of the players on this team are really mechanically good yep um i think pringles or shinigami would be like the biggest standout on that for me i think jenguru is pretty good as well i think this is the type of team where it's like there's a lot of players or maybe even all of them that if they have like a really good weekend even if their team doesn't do well that's where you're looking at like you know maybe they get on like a slightly better like sec team maybe their like stock goes up and i think it's just a really useful platform like i said i'd be surprised if like the team does better but i definitely would be like interested in those games to see how all those like individual players do yeah have less experience is all exactly like what happened with oath when he went from like just a a ranked Mm -hmm. player that everyone knew was pretty good to him showing up on land and like 1v9ing a couple games and all of a sudden oath stock shot up that a lot of people were talking about him being you know next up out of the sec for spl 
that story could easily happen to like any of these five players. Mm-hmm. And and yeah. that's and that's really valuable for sure. Gore, anyone in particular you're keeping your eye on? Honestly, uh, well, Primitive, just because I really like Primitive as, as like a human, like they always end up, every t- interaction I've had with them has been very positive, Priv- so Primitive's I always want to see man. what they can do. But yep. Snatty is the one, because you had mentioned it, like not just console, but I feel like in, in SCC as well, like I've seen Snatty play at a like decent enough level and has made enough of an impact on each of the teams I've seen them on that like I want to see what they can do. Plus also, so like... Solo's the other side of the map from every game that I ever play in Smite, even if I get thrown into mid, which is bad news for all my teammates anyway. So, like, I doing, like, any anything that they can bring out over there, I expect to see them be a little bit, I don't know, like, ex- spectacular, hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> if they can do it right. It'll, it'll be fun. And it is, like, this is one of those teams as, as a whole that... All it takes is, like, a couple of the, those top, like, four teams are actually realistically have, like, five that I think are, are really close to being able to make it to SBL. If they all have, like, just a slightly off weekend, like you said, like, just one or two people who aren't playing at their top level and then everyone on this team does, I wouldn't be completely surprised if they made it into SBL. I would absolutely still be surprised, but I think there's, like, there's not a floored. 0% chance for them. Yeah, I'd be pretty floored. But it is possible. So they've got that going for them. Also, Taco coaching this team. So uh, interested to see. I I can't wait to break down some Taco drafts, man. I am going to be ruthless. It's going to be fun. Uh, It's going to be really fun. Uh, Nobody's favorite. Malachi Solo, Shlemmy Jungle, Elyon Mid, Dashboard Support, In My Zen ADC. This team is interesting to me. Shlemmy, I don't, I have, you know, I've seen him in games recently. He's a problem. He's a problem. Shlemmy's a problem. He very well could be a problem. Shlemmy's a problem, bro. You you really think so? You think Shlemmy's going to pop off? Uh, I don't know. I think he's, he's definitely fine. I, I say it more as a bit because I was in a rank game with Meerkat and (laughs) Shlemmy was owning us and Meerkat didn't respect a single gank. And I'm like, yo, Meerk, Shlemmy's a problem, bro. Respect his ganks. And Meerk would just keep dying. He's like, no, he's not. He just hated it. That sounds like Meerkat. Extremely Uh Meerkat voice. If I die, I die. Mm. Uh, (laughs) on a serious note though, um, I don't know how well I think Shlemmy will do because I haven't seen him play any, like games in a competitive setting mm-hmm. but uh i think andy or elion whatever you want to call him is really really valuable to pretty much any scc team like historically whenever he's joined an scc team he has done very well and it like instantly boosts that team's standings um i'm a little surprised he's mid which maybe they just felt like it was a stronger roster with Schlemmy in jungle rather than having a different mid laner but i think andy is a really valuable like leader at this level especially Mm -hmm. and i think that he could maybe have a bigger impact in jungle um mid is also a broken role right now though so maybe it does maybe it doesn't matter but uh yeah i think andy is like the big person on this team that makes me like believe they can make a run i think their their duo lane uh dashboard i would say has definitely improved a lot the past year i've watched him stream a pretty good amount and zen is like pretty good as well it's really just a question mark of like at that level of play but to me this roster i could see upsetting people more than the last one we went over just because even though i think maybe mechanically they're about the same i think uh andy just can like solo win you a game a little bit yes having been on teams where Andy solo won games for me. Uh, it certainly, it certainly can't happen. I agree. I do think that 
Andy's mentality is so much better in jungle. Um, but, you know, Schlemmy has looked pretty good in ranked if they felt like that was their best construction. Yeah. Um, I'm not offended by it. Malachi has, has played a lot of SOC level smite and has yet to impress me there. He's going to have to have the weekend of his life because you look at the, the top teams, it, namely the, the homies and the winter dogs, especially, you know, Ducky, we'll see how, how well he does this weekend. I, I've got high expectations for him, but Nika and Aqua are like the guys on their teams. And if you're going to beat those teams, Malachi's got to perform to that level, if not exceed it. And that is a tough ask. But if he does, I think the rest of this team can can compete. I've got a weird feeling that this duo lane is either going to absolutely demolish teams out of nowhere, or they are going to absolutely cost their team. Like, I, I feel like there is going to be very little in between for this duo lane, and I have no idea which one it's going to be, but I think it's going to get... It, it's going to be fun to watch this team and do a one way or the other. And that's exciting. At least I'm actually just like, like this team as a whole is in that like right area where again, they're, they're actually one of the ones that if it, if you told me that Oni homies, no, okay, never mind. If you told me they didn't make it, I'd be absolutely floored. Yeah. If you told me winter dogs didn't make it, it would have to be in my mind, probably duck club or nobody's favorites that were like the, the team that upset them. Right. In my mind, mm-hmm. That's this is the team that that has that potential, and the thing that makes me happen and again, and this is just because I happen to have the the bracket of up, is they're really likely to play Winter Dogs like Thursday, so there's a good chance that we get a really really good set to watch between nobody's favorites and like a, a good top team almost immediately to see like if they can mesh the way that I kind of hope they can. Yeah, I'm hoping they they own. I mean, it's no secret that uh i'm i root for andy uh you know my former teammate and and i hope he does well because uh it's fun to watch him win for sure um all right just f6 listemic solo mass kill jungle isotos mid rotwind support toddy gr adc these are eu scc mainstays uh i think this team has a lot to prove coming in because this is a very you know experienced team at this type of level coming over from EU and they are by far Europe's best representation at this land. And if I were them, I'd be coming hungry, man. I think that, you know, they're certainly not in that main discussion because so many of these teams are full of NA players. And that's where the discussion is going to go from, yeah. from people like us who are definitely more uh, familiar with them. Um, but this team it definitely has potential to surprise people, especially if, if teams don't do their homework. The one thing this team I think has going against them is that they've got VODs of competitive play where a lot of these guys don't. And if you're playing up against just F6 early and you aren't going back and watching what they played last year and trying to see what their their picks were, you know, what type of gods they like, uh, I think you're doing yourself a disservice because, you know, that's that's easy studying up that you can do on this squad. And they are deserving of that level uh, of effort. I have no idea how well they're going to do, um, but I'm I'm excited to see how well they do. Uh, Gore, your thoughts on Just F6? Man, so first off, I remember last year when they picked up Mass Kill, and like that that's like the player I'm keeping my eyes on. But it's mainly because everybody else on this team had a really really like decent year. The problem I have is like I'm I'm just so curious they. They were the team, I think, that pushed us 
to three games the most in Europe. Oh, so you love them. And quite often lost their third game. Oh, so and, you like, really just, love them. <laughs> I just really feel bad because, like, they had... And I remember saying this on the desk so many times. When they play well, god damn do they look like a good team. The problem is, is that shows up once every, you know, seven, eight games, right? So, like, they lose a few and then they show up and they just look really, really good. And then you don't get to see that team for, like, a week and a half. And then you're like, okay, maybe it's this time. Maybe this is the ones that we get to see. And if they can just get that consistency down, which now they've had, you know, a full off season to just sit around and practice with each other, where last year I think they were going through a couple of changes, it'd just be nice to see them find some success. I'd be really, really surprised, uh, like, if they come out and they just absolutely swing for the fences. But they're a team that I've had high hopes for, but I've also had high hopes for them for, like, eight months now. So it's really starting to, like tepper off at the end yeah um <laughs> mike are you familiar any any of these names stand out to you uh i recognize them but i don't know enough about them to like predict how they'll do with like the way i see like the the meta or the game like what i would predict it to do mm-hmm. um like i recognize the name but i don't know their strengths if that makes sense yeah totally. um, so yeah i don't really have a a ton on them are they able to be in the studio do we know that I do not know. I'm pretty sure the only player not in studio is Snoopy, and I only know that from a tweet. But I'm pretty yeah. sure everybody else, like, I know that everyone who tested today tested negative, at okay. least when I left. So that was really good. If they can be here, that's huge. I just wasn't exactly sure how that situation is. That's good. I also think the the homework <laughs> piece of it, I think, is really on their side, just because I highly doubt people are seeing a lot of, like, EU ranked VODs, where I think NA is, like, very accessible through streams, com- like, comparatively. Yeah. So, I think maybe they have an advantage on that front. Um, I don't know how their practice or anything else is. Also, something we were talking about earlier, and the more I've thought about it, I kind of feel like the side lanes are probably where I'm going to watch most this tournament, because... I think dual lanes will hard gap people and getting obelisk early is just going to, like in its current state, will just absolutely run people over. And also, I kind of feel like there's a huge gap, like at least on paper, between the three solos that are Nika, Ducky, and Aqua, and like every other solo laner that I'm hearing their name. Not to yeah. say they're, like, they're, not that they're horrible players by any means, because like in ranked especially, they're all perfectly fine mechanically, a lot of these names, but... There is just a really big difference on, like, how you play that lane in ranked and how you play it in competitive. Like, the crap you can get away with does not really fly mm-hmm. in competitive play as much. So, I feel like both of the side lanes I'm actually really interested in. Normally, I feel like at this level, you can just kind of see people, like, run over mid-jungle. But I actually think the side lanes may be more impactful. Yeah, I, I agree. I think solo lane certainly is going to have a magnifying glass on it uh, this week. Um, all right, next up is the Neighborhood. Delny Solo, Dame from Newark, of course, in the jungle. Teepers may advance in support, and Mineral switching over to ADC from his usual support role. Mike, your uh, your thoughts on this neighborhood squad? I think they are all pretty good mechanically. I think I don't know a bunch of the other players, but I know like these guys a little bit better. Yeah, and I actually think it's kind of sick to like when you're on a team just with like people you enjoy being around and your friends. Especially if they, like, get a good start and they ride momentum off that. That's actually really, really, like, broken at a tournament like this. Especially if you see a lot of people who are, like, inexperienced and maybe get, like, nervous or whatever. When you have a team that just, like, if you can play with no pressure and have fun, I kind of... That's what this team kind of makes me think of. Mm -hmm. 
again, a lot of them I don't think have a ton of competitive experience, so it's hard to pick them over teams where you kind of like know what you're getting. But I think it could be fun if like a team like this or the team that I forget their name, but it was like Shinigami and Privative and all of yeah, them. Yeah, Samsara. Uh, yeah. Okay, Samsara. Like if one of those these two teams, like if they can win a set, I think it makes the week really, really interesting. Like instantly, if they get a couple upsets going. Yeah, I agree. I think that they've got more competitive experience than they look like they have up front, though, because Downey, world champion on the console side and solo, Teep played Mineral a lot. Has a good bit too. on console yeah. and Meryl's got a good twice. Bit. It, it's really uh, just he may Damon have, yeah. Fani, right? Damon yeah, it's Fani just Damon Fani who who don't yeah. have a ton of a competitive experience there. I mean, well, that's their that's their support jungle, right? That's pretty important. No, surely that doesn't matter at all. <laughs> <laughs> Those are pretty important roles to have some experience in. I yeah, I, I agree for sure. But you know, Dame, Dame always impresses me in ranked man. I feel like I'm uh, like nine games out of ten. I'm watching Dame go off. Dame was, like, top three on the, like, leaderboard pretty early on this season, I'm pretty sure. It yeah. was, like, him, Benny, and Snoopy that were, like, the top three for a while. Yeah, I'm a Dame from Newark believer. Uh, I think this team could pop. Um, I was historically incredibly rough on Teep during his console career. Uh, it was during my early days where I was still a little bit more savage. I didn't know how to be nice about saying when, when a player wasn't doing something mm. that I thought was good. And, uh, and and I was always pretty down on Teep. Uh, I'm gonna try and pick him up this week. I've decided I'm trying to I'm trying to pay back the the mistakes I made in the past, if they were mistakes at all. Uh, we'll see, I suppose, uh, on that level. Um, Gore, any thoughts on the neighborhood? Well, now that you said that the NWK is newer, I feel yeah. like I have to root for him a little bit because Katie like grew up like an hour away <laughs> from there Newark. There you go. Like, it's Katie from Newark connection. and Dame from Newark. There you go. Yeah, so there you it's go. It's so hard for me to like... say Dame without the like from Newark. Well, yeah, that's where he's it. from. I mean, that's where he's from. <laughs> so I don't know. Hard, man. I love it. But yeah, man, I, I don't know. I'm excited to see Delny and Mineral because I know those names like really good. And based on what Mike had said, like I think they're going to be proponents for this team doing really well having the side lanes under that much control and I, I just think that they like you said they've got a lot of competitive experience so it's going to make things interesting it's a, more of a dark horse scenario than anything i think they're going to be the team that like upsets other teams like that are going to cause trouble for like the oni homies and the winter dogs more than they're going to be the team that's like absolutely making the run for their for themselves yeah i could definitely see that also talking about good tweets for my money, Vani's got the best Twitter on the uh, in this bracket. Free. Free. Not close. Yep. Not close. <laughs> Absolutely. 100%. Um, close. All right. Fun Havers. This is Uzzy Solo, Magic Feet Jungle, Kiki with the hoodie in mid, Ocean Support, and Joshi ADC with Tuba as their coach. Uh, obviously surprised that, that Uzzy's not with El Leon. Uh, I yeah. actually don't know the backstory of that. I haven't talked to them um Leading That's up to the this combo, bro. I know that is the combo. That's I'm very combo. excited to see Uzzy again. I haven't seen Uzzy in years. Also, a former teammate of mine. Um, do we know if B- Billy's our guy uh, with all the info? Um, oh, Joshi is out. Tuba is in for ADC. All right. Well, that, that that takes a couple little little bit of wind out of my sails. Not to be toxic to Tuba, but like I feel like Joshi had some pretty good performances. Not consistently. Joshi was good, but Joshi was good. Joshi had some real good moments uh, during his SPL stint um so that's certainly disappointing but yeah magic feet does anyone know that mike do you know who that is is that a name change i don't know who that is i feel like i recognize it a little but i don't it's like a name i recognize but i don't see in like a lot of top level rank games or anything like that yeah neither do i we'll see if uh billy's got it 
Billy knows him. Okay, well, that doesn't help me that much, Billy. Oh, I want to know right. if he's a name change or something like I that. I forgot. No, I can't remember anything about that, but I know this... I, well, I don't... Because there's someone was missing. I forgot that this was absolutely... Uh, this was the team Ice Ice was on, originally. Yeah. Ah, that makes sense. And so yeah. I have... Because I don't know who Magic Feet is, and I was just like, that feels weird. Why are they... Like, yeah, I know, you know, Joshi, if it was there, but Tuba, I know Oceans, I know Kiki very well, I know Uzi. I gotta catch. I'm sorry. I was like, who, who could yeah. this be up there? But uh, I, it is interesting to see magic feet and whether or not they'll be i think it's going to be even worse knowing that you have to fill shoes like what ice ice was going to bring true uh billy is saying in chat that it is not a name change magic feet's just been a high level ranked player uh since beta uh so my apologies on not knowing the name just doesn't just didn't ring a bell in the moment i suppose um but yeah i will say this if we're both mike how are how are the cats wait he's still putting his earbuds in we're getting a moment all right cats okay did they destroy anything yeah, I'm sorry. I heard it, they've learned how to open cabinets, okay? So I heard a cabinet flopping in my background, and I'm not going to be having any of that. Because there's cleaning chemicals, so I can't just yeah, let them... it's yeah. true. Uh, yeah. What? Uh, okay, so we were talking about side lanes, and we all know that Uzzy is going to play Uzzy Gods only, you know? Our, it, like, if it was peak RDO of last year, Uzzy would have come in and dominated this tournament. Yeah, last year was an Uzzy meta. That was an Uzzy stamp of approval. That's a verified Uzzy meta. Nike, Odin, Nike, Odin, RDO. Cthulhu, Cthulhu, Yeah, oh I mean, come God. on. It's it, Uzzy Ooh. would have been absolutely dominant. Uzzy's the type of player that you should just have, like, on your bench, and when those characters become meta, you sub him in, and then as soon as they get nerfed, he's back on the bench. Your soul laner is crying about having to play the most boring meta ever. Like, guys, we need a morale change. Uzzy, get in here. And Ozzy's like, mm, give me order. like, this is my favorite meta of all time. I can't believe how fun it is. I love Uzzy. Uzzy, great teammate, man. I love teaming with that guy. He would bring the morale up for sure. Uzzy's a good dude. Uh, is this an Uzzy meta in solo? Can he compete with the Ducky no. Aqua Nika of the world? Unlucky. It is not It is not an Uzzy meta. It is an anti-Uzzy meta. Hate that for fun havers. Uh, in this situation for sure unlucky for them um okay that brings us to the last two teams and i want to read these together because i think that these only homies in a class of their own these next two teams i think in the next class and then the rest of the roster is kind of strewn you know below them first up is duck club it is ducky solo luconium jungle moswall mid heroine role swapping to support and snoopy adc but he is not traveling as gore mentioned uh, and then there's the Winter Dogs, Aquarius Solo, Kirmi Jungle, Benny Q Mid, Gamma Support, Wowie ADC. Do you guys see this the way I do? That these two teams, that, that we expect the Oni Homies, I expect the Oni Homies to make it. And it's these two teams really vying for that final spot. And if so, what do you think differentiates these two teams? Mike, we can start with you. So, to me... I definitely agree. I think it'll be, I think I expect this to be like the second, third place match, whatever, like the second qualifier, second qualification match, whatever. The last match of the weekend. Boom. Nailed it. So nice. Bingo. Um, I expect this to be that matchup. In my opinion, if I was going player by player, I think a lot of them are kind of washes. To me, the two biggest gaps or spots that I'm looking at is I think that Luconium is mechanically uh more than good enough to play at like a very high scc slash spl level i am not as familiar with him in the competitive scene i don't think he's had a lot of shots to be on good competitive teams mm -hmm. 
I have been told that they've been scrimming a lot, so I think that learning curve is very, very steep at the start, and they've gone through it for a few weeks now, so I'm pretty hopeful on that if I'm them, but I thought Kirmi was really good in the most recent FCC land. I thought Agreed. he played very, very well. So that's one spot I'm looking at, and then the second one is, I think, uh, Snoopy at his best, I think, gaps maybe everyone in this tournament, including Vote, at times. Like, that's Snoopy at his best, and mm -hmm. him not being here... I don't think would affect it, but maybe it could. Uh, but to me, I think Snoopy is minimum the second best ADC in this tournament. And I think duo lane is very, very important. And to me, the duo lane matchups, I think, are really important. Because I think that the obelisk slash, like, scepter in its current state, I think, is a very, very powerful, like, snowball and early game tool. And I think that having the stronger duo lane is very important. And I kind of see the Oni Homies and uh, the Duck Club, whatever it was called. <laughs> What's their name? Duck, the Duck Club. Club. You got it. It is Duck You're Club. You're doing it. Okay. Well, nice. <laughs> I see the uh, Oni Homies and the Duck Club as the two best duo lanes in the tournament, just player talent-wise. So because of that, it makes me lean more towards them in the matchup. But I, I think it's pretty close across the board. Like I think Moswall at his peak has been a very, very good mid laner, but it's been years since we've seen him in an SPL SCC level. Uh, and I thought Benny played really well the past like half of last year. Yep. So I think it's really close. I think I'd slightly lean towards the Duck Club just based on uh, I'm kind of expecting Snoopy to pop off. And I think that Hurry will do very well from a winning position in support. Yeah. But I also think Gamma is maybe... I'm pretty high on Gamma in general. Uh, I think Gamma could maybe even be the best like aggro support in this entire tournament, including Neil. And I mm. think if you see a very high-pressure uh, duo meta, I could definitely see a world where Gamma is just absolutely ranked clowning on people and just running <laughs> around and being super annoying. Yeah, I can totally see that. Gore, your uh, your thoughts? Let's see, this is where things get really interesting because, like, you know, I think Ducky and Aquarius is a matchup that I'm really, like, because I was a big fan of Aquarius way back when, like, pre-picked up in the SPL when he was playing SCC. I was like, okay, this is, guy, like, this is a player that is going to go somewhere. And then within, like, a year he got picked up. Uh, so I, like, I really like that matchup. But it is, like, it's that question mark. Like, Benny Q is, is very consistent, but also the winner dogs, like, when they were in SCC matchups, they were able to goof around a little bit. Like, we, we I think we got to see Benny Q play Anubis more than most other mages last year. Because oh, yeah. they'd win their first game, and game two, he'd just be like, all right, well, let's, let's just see what I can get away with. And so it, it is that, like, weird balancing point. When they played SBL teams in December last year, they lost 3-0 to Leviathans. Can't really fault them there. They, those, that team literally went on to win the World Championship, so you can't you can't hope for more. They lost 3-1 against the, the Warriors at the time, so it is that, that question of whether or not they'll show up. And if you look at Duck Club as being the team that is going to match that level of play, that is going to match where they are, I think it is a lot like what, what Mike says, where it's like, it's going to be, I think, a little bit of on the day for like Aqua and Ducky and Benny and Moswall. I'm curious about Hurry. I think he's like he's one of the best mechanical players I think we really get to see, but I feel like he hasn't gotten to showcase that in a couple of years. I wonder how switching to support is going to like affect that, especially because like and this might be partially biased, but I really do think like a good support will make or break your team. Like if you have yeah, someone who is just okay at it, then you'll probably do fine-ish, but like if you have someone who is very good, 
they will drag you to the scenarios that will win. You can't, they can't win you the game, but they will set you up as much as you possibly can. And so if he's able to play at that level, especially with like Snoopy, if he's, he's playing the way that we've seen him lately, I think this is a team that could easily jump up and to be that number two. But consistency has to go to Winter Dogs just because they played at that level and got like better consistently throughout all of last year. So like, I give them a small edge, but not enough that I, I really have anything. It's almost a coin flip at this point. Well, Mike, gave, Mike picked Duck Club. Gore, I'm making you pick a winner between these two. Who, who do you think is going to oh, go? Oh, man, hold on. Let me, let me play it out in my brain. Okay. Playing? You know, and the problem is, is I don't know how Wowie Snoopy matchup is going to go, but I do feel I have to agree with Mike on that one. That that is probably I feel like that's a Snoopy matchup. Gamma over Hurry, mid. Moswell, man, this is actually really balanced. It's Hold tough. On. These are two very good teams. I wish I'd seen more Luconium recently. <laughs> I don't want to give recency bias to cure me. Uh, you know what? Just because it's interesting. I'm going to go with Winter Dogs. I, I like the way they've been playing. You set me up perfectly, Gore. Now I get to break the tie. Um, Hell yeah. All right. I largely agree with what Mike had to say. I agree that the biggest gap on paper between these two teams is Snoopy versus Wowie. However, when these two teams played at the SEC LAN, Winter Dogs played heavily to duo side, and Snoopy did nothing in that set. He was shut down really effectively they played around that dual lane really well, and Wowie played in that set very well. They had a sub jungler though, right? They cope, they did, mask. yeah. They had cope and not mask, which makes which makes a huge deal, uh, especially with the caliber caliber of player that mask is. But I think that the Winter Dogs clearly identified that that could be a win condition for that team, and did a very good job of game planning around it. And Wowie played that game plan very well. So I do not think that that lane is just a wash. I think that lane does come down to do to supports. Because if Hurrowind can just match what Gamma is going to do, I think you can trust Snoopy to carry the carry the load on this team. And I think this set will be won and lost in duo. Uh, I think that that's where this set is going to be determined for sure. Gamma certainly has an edge over Hurrowind based on support experience, but Hurrowind has the edge on Gamma on overall competitive play experience. We haven't gotten a chance to talk about Hurry's role swap on this podcast at all, but I think... It really fits his strengths as a player really well. He's a great communicator. I've thought he's been the best communicator in the mid lane since I started commentating the league. Uh, having that type of communication is critical in support. He's a team first player. He's always willing to get in there and die for the team. Really good quality to have in your support. So I think Herwin's ceiling is very high in support. It's just he can't be at his ceiling yet. So where is he going to be in relation to Gamma I think is going to be really key. You know, is Benny going to throw this team off a little bit with, with his play style? You know, I do think that this is a kind of Moswell Mage style meta. You know, Thoth is one of Moswell's best gods. I think Thoth is very good. I don't know if he's good enough to seek playing competitive. You know, that's always been a ranked stomp god. And it's very difficult to execute that god in competitive because he's Thoth and you just kill him for free. But, you know, if you're banning Fenrir or something like that, I could see Thoth being really good for Moswall. I think double flat pen mages is good. But Benny's proven to me that he can play those styles of picks. You know, he's not just a Tsukiyomi, Wukong, Set, Chalk mid player. You know, he can play Merlin um, and, and other mages with this double flat pen that I expect to be meta pretty well. Um, so I, I really I really think this is going to come down to duo lane. Um I think the meta moving away from Guardians is really good for Duck Club 
because I think Ducky has proven to me that he's got uh, a lot of picks in the back pocket. I mean, he went absolutely hammy salami at Worlds qualifiers with Thor. Like, was going absolutely insane. Aqua really abused people with the Cerberus and Sobex. You know, we know Aqua can play like Achilles and Osiris really well at a top level, but he hasn't had to recently. So maybe he's a little bit rusty on those. I don't know. Uh, I, I think this 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 match is going to be really hard to call. I think it's going five. And I'm certainly a little biased here, uh, but I'm going to go Duck Club as well. Um, I think that the competitive experience for this team is going to be a big difference maker, uh, but I really don't feel that confident in my prediction. I'll put it that way. Uh, you know, that's that's me having to make a call, but I could really see it going either way between these two teams. Um, let's uh, let's real quickly. I'm not going to make you pick one of the other ones, but what are the chances? Give me a percentage chance that a team not named Oni Homies, Winter Dogs, or Duck Club makes it into the SPL this week. Uh, Gore, I believe I had Mike go first last time, so now it's your turn to go first. I'm going to say 30. 30%. That's pretty high. Okay. Mike? Yeah. Like, I could see it happening. I think sub 10, maybe sub 5 for me. Wow. I was thinking like 10%. I think it's about a 10% yeah, I might have, chance. I might have highballed that. No, Gore, that's what you're there <laughs> to do, see. man. You're there to get people to tune I, into the broadcast. I think, Gore, that your your take earlier is kind of where I'm at, where I think a lot of these teams that are playing upset, yeah. I think serve that purpose to those three teams more than them making the SPL. If they do make the SPL, that'd be really impressive, not only from like a team and like individual standpoint but i also think it would require some collapses a little bit yep um like and part of the reason i would pick the duck club over the winter dogs is i think in that individual matchup i think that is like a pretty i think if kirmi and gamma play to the duo side better and you have a roll swap support and a jungler who doesn't have a lot of experience i could easily see the winter dogs like winning that set but I also think the Winter Dogs are more prone to being upset than the Duck Club is that by those other teams. And I think mm. if that happens at any point, I think it'll just be Duck Club and the Warriors um, or Oni Homies. And the reason I kind of feel that way is I think I think with the players that the Duck Club have, like Ducky and Moswell at this level are not going to lose you a single game. Like the whole tournament, I would be shocked if they fed and like were the reason that that team lost a game. But I think maybe sometimes, like, the things that make Benny and Gamma so good, in my eyes, also serves as a really inconsistent playstyle where, like, sometimes they play a pick that's just bad and it doesn't work out. Or sometimes Gamma runs it down and is inting his brains out. And, like, I think the playstyle from the Duck Club players is going to be more consistent at not being mm-hmm. upset. And I think that's really important in a double elim bracket like this. Yeah, I, I think that definitely makes sense to me. Um, consistency is going to be key. I can't wait, man. In a lot of ways, this tournament, this tournament is by far top two in terms of most important <laughs> events in the year, right? Yeah. It is world championship and then this. Yep. In a lot of ways, this tournament is more life-changing for more people than the world championship is. You know, I think it just is, honestly. It, it is. So if you aren't excited about this tournament... I don't think you're paying attention. You know, is it going to be Smite to the played to the perfect degree like it is in the Smite World Championship? No. You know, these teams are, are worse than that. 
but that's okay. You know, the stakes are equally high, if not higher than the Smite World Championship. And stakes are what makes things fun. And I'm really excited about it. Also, this is an instance where double elimination is totally fine by me. Before anyone comes at me, this is a fine double elim bracket. It shouldn't be at World Championship. Absolutely chug on something. Because I can't say the rest. Mike, you were going to say something? <laughs> it's only a good double elim bracket because the team who comes first doesn't have to have an advantage because they're just done. Exactly. They just win and they're done. Exactly. So it's just a second, third place match. That's all it is. That's the only reason it works. Yep. Double elim sucks. Thank you. Mic drop. That's all there is to it. Uh, all right. Random question of the week. I gave this a little bit of thought beforehand. And now I have forgotten what it was going to be. I got it. Okay. Wait, You're this question great. sucks. I shouldn't ask this question. Now I got to go back to the drawing board. Okay, this is a well, bad question. you think question. of that. I want to defend because yeah. I saw people in chat who had said that it was weird that we thought Snoopy was better than Wowie. Sure. And here's the benefit of me having the, the stats database available to me. Please fire uh, away. So Snoopy's got a 53% win rate across his career. Mm-hmm. Um, he's got 40 more losses than Wowie does uh, total, but I think he's also been playing like two more seasons than Wowie or something way, like that. Way longer. Way longer. Uh, Wowie has a 37% win rate and has less than half the dubs that, that Snoopy's put up. So like, just like numbers wise, Snoopy has been a consistently better player in that matchup. Now, more recently, I still think it's like, I don't think Wowie's out of the equation. I don't think it's like this absolute blowout Wowie's not going to exist. But I do think that when you look at what Snoopy's been able to accomplish, especially when he's like on it and like really hungry for something, then it, it, he becomes a different person. Yeah, Snoop, Snoopy is historically <laughs> one of the streakiest players in SPL history. Yeah, and Snoopy at his peak is one of the best players of all time. Like, Snoopy, I mean, to me, the big difference is like, I don't think Wowie's ever been considered like a top player in ADC and Snoopy was like the top ADC at multiple periods in his career throughout yeah. his like I remember when it was like an absolute upset when Cog Red lost to Cog Prime. Yeah. Like everyone was like, Oh my god, there's no way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was that was absolutely wild, dude. Those teams were uh, were totally crazy. All right, man. I cannot think of a random question of the week. You guys got any random questions that are popping around in the old noggin? You know, to something something that just like you were thinking about the other day that, you know, was, 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 that's, that's how I go by it. You know, I just think like, what was I thinking about recently? And normally it's nothing, but sometimes it's something. This is good podcast content, by the way, me asking a question and, uh, and all of us just sitting here thinking, you know, is that the random question of the week is what were we thinking about recently? Oh, you're Maybe that's going metagame on me. Okay. All right. Honestly, I will say the first thing that came into my mind when you asked that, though, was something that Mifflin, some dumb thing Mifflin oh, said God. earlier. That is, is it podcast not, safe? No, so I'm not, not saying it. <laughs> it was Does it have to do? To put this into perspective for you, we were doing our mic checks and running through, like doing a rehearsal. Uh-huh. And we were, it was on like the timer countdown. Uh, and to the point where my re- to reply to him, I took the headset off and I put it away <laughs> so I could say what I wanted to say to make sure that nobody heard what was yeah, going on uh, except the four people in that room. <laughs> Gore, this is a yes or no only response allowed okay. here. But did it have to do with the word, the word unfurl? <sighs> yes. Oh, God. But not directly. Okay. All right. That's all like I it, it was. Then. It was unfurl adjacent. Okay. I, I hate to hear that. 
Um, How did I, I just put way more words. That was a yes or no Yeah, question. I know. You did a horrible that's job. It, that's, that's chair two and for you right there. <laughs> Ron said he wanted to ask a random question in the chat, and his random question was, when will the pain stop? And no one likes that question. because <clears throat> none I of can us answer have... it for him, though. Oh, okay. What's the answer? I do have an answer. It will never stop. Oh, existence okay. is pain. Great. Uh, so there you go, Ron. That, awesome. That, I hope that's what you want. I, I, have a, I have a random question. This is really going to go down the rabbit hole here. <laughs> that's okay, I know Ryan for. and Joe are not vegans. Uh, mm-hmm. Cora, either you or Katie are either of you vegan? No. Okay. So here's Very my question cool. to any vegans in the chat. Okay. Okay. Well, that's not how the random question works, Mike. We ask <laughs> each other. Well, excuse, it, me, excuse me. Excuse me. Okay. It's an all-encompassing question. Okay. This isn't my job. You drop the ball. This is my show now. Okay. So what I would like to cover here is... Does vegan honey really have to be a thing? Because honey is very, like, the honey process, from my understanding, from beekeepers, does a very good job at preserving the lives of the honeybee, okay? Uh-huh. So so my isn't question it... is, isn't the vegan movement an anti-animal like animal cruelty movement? But if it already is anti-cruelty... Does it have to? Do you need a vegan alternative to honey, or can you just eat honey? I mean, one of isn't, the key isn't, like, like honey tenants supposed to be. Go ahead, Gore. I, I thought it was like actually help, like for like a uh, for a honey bee, like for a hive. Like if you have a hive, I thought it, I think it, you actually have to take the honey. Yes, yes. Or else it's, it's for bad them. for the hive. Like yeah, it's, it's, it's really for bad for them. Yeah, it's yeah. good for them. I I don't know. I like one of the the like the core tenet of veganism is like not eating any. Not consuming any animal pro- byproduct, like at all. So even if it's good, I wonder if it and just it gives like you superpowers. Well, get, well that's goes what I'm saying. Your like, moral code. I'm very down with the like anti like animal cruelty movement. I think that's just good. Wow, what but, a like, what a brave stance, Mike. You don't like animal cruelty. <laughs> <laughs> I actually just beat the shit out of my cat. <laughs> that cat opened that cabinet. He's stuck in a box right now. Tape oh that God. up. Okay. Um, Okay, no, but, like, you, you know, I just, I just, it, it made me ponder, you know? I spent an entire shower thinking about that. Okay, well, there you go. That's kind of a random yeah. question of the week. Mask is saying he thinks it's an, it's animal anti-capitalism. It's exploiting the work of the bees or something That's like fucking that. dumb. That's the dumbest shit I've ever read. <laughs> like, what, what are you doing? You're taking away, they, they used to make $100 a month in income. Like, they don't, money is, it doesn't matter to them. What does that mean? Let's, the, let's the proletariat worker bee, okay? That's what, yeah, the, like, the bourgeois taking our honey and we're fighting for the proletariat worker bee that's uh that's it oh we lost ron as a viewer because uh it's a we we don't support animal cruelty stone age marcus in the chat says that his girlfriend is vegan and eats honey for what it's worth so there you go marcus thank you you actually answered our question of the week i knew someone would be in the chat and you made fun of me i I did and i will continue to make fun of you anytime i want that's that's the way it's gonna go all right, thanks so much to, to Mike and Gore for filling in. Uh, make sure you guys watch SPL play-ins this week. They are yeah. unbelievably important. They're going to be unbelievably hype. Literally the most or the second most important tournament of the year, uh, and it's the way to kick off Season 9 competitively. So it's uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, I've been really looking forward to it, and I'm super excited to uh, to crown some winners uh, and, and qualify some teams to the SPL. So make sure you're tuning in, follow Smite Pro on Twitter and you'll get all the info for when it starts. Cause I actually don't know. Wait, okay. I can actually tell you, right. Uh, tomorrow. It, I think they all start at 11, right? Gore every day starts yeah, at 11. That's what I've been told. <laughs> cool. All right. There you go. As, so here's, what's going to happen. If it starts any earlier than that, the games are not getting casted on time. <laughs> <laughs> so 11 is when the casting will start. Will the game start then hard to say, but the games will be casted 
starting at 11 tomorrow. Uh, So it should be a lot of fun. Uh, Thanks to everyone for watching slash listening. Make sure you give us a rating and yada, 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 all that kind of good stuff. Buy our merch or whatever. Does that, do we still have merch? I don't know, but I've got a hat that has our logo on it. So you got that going for us, which is nice. No one here to say bye. Do either of you think that you could pull off the Barry bye? Mike, you're looking confident. I got this. No doubt about it. I believe in him. Oh, God. Okay. All right, Mike. You know what to do, I guess. Bye. That was not. So good. So good. So nice. Real nice. Woo.